Hello, David here from Draw Whistle Draw. Uh, both myself and Matt are on holiday in Spain with the Tartan Army this week, so there will be no weekly podcast discussing the Inverness game or the recent boardroom changes. We'll be back to normal after the Dundee United game, but in the meantime, we have a special episode for you. On my way to Spain, I happened to have a connecting flight through Las Vegas and was able to chat with Billy Smith from the Partick Fist of Las Vegas team about the team, about Vegas and life as a nomad. We hope you enjoy it and mon the Jags. Right like city gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care. And I'm just a devil with love to spare. So Viva Las Vegas. Viva now I'm joined by William Smith from Party Festival Las Vegas. William, how are you doing in the heat, in the Vegas heat? Well, doing great. Actually, I go with Billy, but William's fine. I've been here 25 years nearly, so I'm used to it. Just like the summer of 76 back in Scotland, if anybody can remember that. Yes. I would hope so. I've not got a title or anything like that. I'm just a manager. I do everything. Gen- General Lackey, yeah. Aye. <laughs> Watch the football strips. It's just my team. I started in 1999. We've grown since then. You know, I did get some help off a few few assistant coaches, if you will, because mm-hmm. when I'm away on holiday, if I'm sick or something, somebody's got to stand in. Because we play, we play the whole year. But when the season stops, it just starts again the next week. We don't get a rest. It's uh, and that's the same for the both leagues. We get an over 38 team playing a Tuesday and a Sunday team open adult playing Sunday morning. Uh, we used to we used to have four thistle teams, but he, that was too much for me. You know, I cut back. Now we're done to the two. We could still go to work and do everything else. You know what I mean? But but we did have four thistle teams playing every week. We had thistle kit in Las Vegas, and now we're at a stage where since 1999 we're a 24 year old. We're we're probably one of the most longest running established football teams in Las Vegas. Uh, which is good, everybody knows us. Um, and I just know I'm at a stage where I turn away players because uh, we've just got too many people want to come play for us, which is kind of nice, you know. But Absolutely. I mean, like, I mean, I've played in fives and sevens and stuff like that before. And, like, it's sometimes there's a struggle to get bodies for even for that. So they have, like, they run in full teams and stuff and have people coming to you and being able to turn them away is good. So you obviously you've seen you've been there for 25 years. So you, did you live in Glasgow before? Where where did your fissile story start? Well, I'm actually from Glasgow. I'm from Cam Modric in the south side. And it's next to Thorny Bank and uh, close to Pollock, Pollock Shaws. But it's in the city, in the south side of the city. And of course, the closest team to me was Queen's Park, then Rangers. My dad was a Rangers supporter. And the reason I was a fissile fan was because when, we were, when I was seven years old, used to collect the football cards, you know, the cardboard football cards. And um, Thistle had, uh, had the yellow kit, yellow top with the red cuffs. And it's kind of unusual. And I just announced to all my pals one day I was supporting this team, totally unaware where they were from. And I was only seven. But uh, I chose them because of the kit. And I abandoned Rangers. And uh, I just kept annoying my dad to take me to a game. And he did. He took me to a Thistle Queen of the South game. And that was it. After that, I was a Thistle fan forever. 
That's all it took was a football cards. So everything was a big accident, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, <laughs> when you might look at it. So when, when would that have been? How long were you going to like Fissile Games before you moved over to the US? Oh. Well, uh, I was born in 65, so first Thistle game was 74 or something. About a year later, after my dad took me, I was gone myself when I was 11. I was just going up to Fair Hall, getting two buses myself, you know, going to away games myself and all, going to Edinburgh and all that. I was 11 myself, didn't know anybody else. It was okay then, it did happen, you were away. You'd be surprised. <laughs> um, I've I've been to, I can't remember where it was, I think it was like Kelty Hearts last year. And we were yeah. coming back, and, and a kid asked to get in. Like uh, there was like four of us in a taxi, and I think it was like a people carrier one. They asked, "Can you get a taxi down to County Beef?" So came in a taxi with us, and I was like, "Where's your like mum and dad?" He's like, "Oh no, I came here myself. I live in like <laughs> Springburn." Like it's fucking Kelly. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, so it's it's definitely still a thing that's going on now. <laughs> a slightly concerning and worrying thing, but it's still a thing that's going on now. So you 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 were going to see Fissile on the reg until until you moved to the US, yeah? Well, yeah, well, yeah. But before I moved to the US, I was a merchant seaman, so I was away for a long time, you know, on the ships, and I never couldn't go to the games and stuff. You know, I did that for about eight nine years. Most of my time has been outside Scotland. When I was in Scotland working, I was uh, briefly a bus driver at Apostle Park Garage for a couple of years, and I was in social work for a couple of years at Kibble and and uh, Paisley, and a few other wee jobs, you know what I mean? But for the most part, I've been outside Scotland, so I've been watching Thistle from afar, but I used to go regularly. Every time I'm home, I'm at every game, you know. Hey, like, when you were at sea, what was it like? Obviously, like, back then, you, you wouldn't have, like, sort of readily access to, to the mainland or whatever, so what what was it like being in a place and not being able to follow the team, but also not... Did you did you just get papers or anything? Like, like what? how did you no, find out the score? Here's how we found out about the score. So they've got a radio office in the ship. They would get correspondence from shore. And uh, the radio officer you had to become best friends with. <laughs> so he could tell you the football scores at night, you know, on a Saturday <laughs> night. So that's what he used to do. He used to, everything in the ships was a barter system. You gave him something where you could, and they got that in return. We could get the results late at night, Saturday night, wherever Saturday night was, I mean, wherever I was in the Pacific, or wherever, it could be four in the morning, but we got the results like the very latest, a day later, you know. That was all we got the result, nothing else. Then again, there was a bit of game, but that's how we found out. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. You mentioned earlier, so you've been there, you said it's 25 years that the Fissile Vegas team has been going. So did you start it when you moved over, or was there a period where you, did, where you were there and didn't have the team? How did it kind of form? Well, well what happened was in... Um, I came to the States in 1997. I was in Lake Tahoe, which is northern Nevada, for about two years. Uh, it's a small place. And then I moved in 1999. And I've always ran, even on the ships, I ran the football teams on the ships. Because we used to have a football team, you believe. So I was kind of good at organising stuff. So when I came here, I didn't want to start. I didn't want to run a football team. It's a lot of work. So I tried to join a team. There was a team called Liverpool Supporters in Las Vegas in 1999. Not that I'm a Liverpool fan, but... I thought I'll go and join them. And the boy said, that he goes, oh, Billy, I've got too many players. He said, I can't, I've got six guys waiting to join, blah, blah, blah. And he, he goes, I put you on a wait list. And I was like, okay. So I thought, well, I can't wait. Because then I was still playing, of course. And I decided just to join the league. And I, I went in and put an application in. That's been the name of the team. And I told them, Partick so And it just started from that. And then six weeks later, we played the Liverpool team and beat them 8 nothing. 
we were, off, we were off to a good start right away, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so were you were you um, doing some transfer chicanery and taking all the guys in the waiting list for the Liverpool supporters no, club to go play for you? Actually, when I first started the team, I ended up hooking up with a lot of Hungarian boys in, in Las Vegas, and one was an ex-professional, and so they were the backbone of my team. You know what I mean? Uh, the literal Mary Hill Magyars, yeah. The, the, we had the Mary Hill Magyars in Las Vegas <laughs> playing, yeah, kind of ironically. And this, but one boy, George Varelli, who played for me for 15 years, he played for Munich 1860 when he was younger. Uh, he was in his late 30s when he came to me, but he was a really talented player. And he brought a lot of boys with him. So half the squad was, was Hungarian at one point uh, when we first started. I don't have any Hungarians now, but we, we, were, we did really well when we first started because of them. And uh, then we just progressed since then. So, so you mentioned earlier that you obviously you ran like a football team at sea. So was this like a party festival international waters? Did you actually play on the boat or was there something shore or what? No, we played on shore. We'd, we'd contact the shore agent when we were arriving in port and they would have a bus ready for us and a team to play. So I've been fortunate. I played in Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, Australia, Papua New Guinea. All over Africa and Europe, and so it's been it's been quite a quite a journey, if you will. Where, where was the weirdest place you played? I mean, Papua New Guinea immediately struck out to me. Was it, where was the well, oddest? No, actually, the the, the the oddest, unusual, and weirdest was uh, Manaus, right in the middle of the Amazon jungle. The the ship could actually sail up the River Amazon because it's that wide, and we sailed up like nine hundred miles. And we went to the port of Manaus, a big city, about a million people. So mm-hmm. right in the middle of Amazon jungle. We played a game there. And uh, my team consisted, the crew were all from all over the world, a few Italians, a few Portuguese, a few English and Scottish boys and that. And when we played this team, it was ironically in a wee tiny stadium, which was nice. But the team we played against that day, none of them were wearing football boots. So we noticed this before the game. And I, I, I said to my boys, I goes, let these boys we're going to football boots on, you know, because it's just a fun game, you know. Mm. I said, so, you know, try not to stand on their feet and stuff like that. And they're all like, okay, okay. So we started playing. In the first half, we never touched the ball. In the second <laughs> half, I goes, fucking stand on their feet, do what you have to do. I goes, they're killing us. We end up in B4-1. <laughs> but at the, at the end of the game, at the end of the game, we actually gave all our football boots to them. As a gift, I don't think it'll make them play better, but uh, but that one game so that was the kind of weirdest game, but it was kind of nice as well, you know. I don't know how much they need, uh, they needed the boots to be fair if you're only getting a shot of the ball. eh? (laughs) And so, in terms of Fistle Vegas, I mean, I've followed Fistle Vegas on Facebook and stuff like that for a good few years because I remember I saw it several years ago and thinking this is quite funny. I always remember I had um, a friend. He worked with somebody from Vegas and he talked about Scottish football quite a lot. And the guy says, oh, I want to support if a Scottish team, uh, just but I live in Vegas, don't have a team. And my pal told me this, he says, I'm going to get him to try and support Fissel. And I'm like, do you know there's a team? Is it? What? Is this Fissel <laughs> Vegas? There's a team? He's like, you're kidding me on. And he's <laughs> like, no, we sent him the link. No, and he's like, oh my God. And him and his, his power absolutely had gog at this. He couldn't even believe it. And so yeah, so I think that guy is a Fissel fan now because of it. Have you been back to Glasgow very often since, or have you been to many I, games? I, I usually come back every couple of years. I was back six weeks ago to well, well it wasn't uh, for a vacation because my I've got three older sisters and the oldest one unfortunately has got got cancer, so I come back to see her 
and she's doing okay at the moment. She's still hanging in, which is great. And my oldest sister Anne. But when I was home, I was home and Thistle were playing Dundee United at Tanadice. So I went up to that game, and it was nice because we won two one. And then we played Falkirk on the Saturday. I managed to get to that game. It was the one where we lost on penalties. So yeah, I mean, every time I come home, I always go to the games. You know, I never miss it if I get a chance. You know. So I'm due back next June, but I don't know if there'll be any football in the end, but we'll see. Hopefully it'll be something. Nah, I hope, hopefully. Yeah. I, I would say we might be in the playoff finals again, but uh, Christ, I, I think, I don't know if I'd rather have that, uh, go through <laughs> that again. <laughs> I know. I, obviously, like, it's got it got a bit easier in terms of like, following games these days because you've got like t- Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that, but... Um, how like do you have you had any odd experiences in terms of following Thistle abroad or like in Vegas or whatever? Or, like, is there a place that you go to watch games or anything like that? Or a couple of things. Well, if we go back to the ships, when I was on the ships and uh, we used to go to Acapulco once a week, and we were there overnight, which is kind of unusual being overnight in the ship. So we always played football there in a big stadium in Acapulco, and it was great. We built a good relationship with the the local team there and the some of the Mexican boys, and I actually gave away about 10 Thistle shirts that I had with me, Thistle scarves, and I started the party Thistle Acapulco branch. I don't <laughs> know if they're still going, but I did do that. That was in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, but come back to Las Vegas, Las Vegas used to, they've got a Rangers supporters club here. They used to have a Celtic one, and uh, the Celtic one is, went to the wall for some reason, I don't know, a few years ago. But, you know, I had like three or four teams at a time, Parrick Thistle teams. And of course, all my players eventually know who Parrick Thistle are and they get to love them like me, I hope. And this one Sunday, Celtic were playing Parrick Thistle in the Premier League back home. And the Celtic Supporters Club had a casino and they'd watch all the games. And the kickoff time was at eight o'clock this one Sunday morning. So this particular Sunday morning, this is about 10 years ago, uh, we never had a game to play. So I told all the players and all my teams to meet me in the parking lot at 7.30. I said, we're going to watch the real party this will play Celtic. I gave them all a shirt. There was about 40 of us, right? <laughs> and we we marched in on the Celtic Supporters Club in Las Vegas, who had no idea about us at all. And there was about 25 of them in this big giant bar. The game had just started and the look on their faces when they saw 40 guys wearing pistol shirts come in, they were aghast. And there was one guy in there, one Thistle fan who was on holiday in Las Vegas, and he he was in heaven when he saw us. So that was a really nice, funny experience, you know what I mean? I think we lost the game 2-1, but it was good fun. And the Celtic boys are all right, and all they had a good laugh with, you know. You know so that was a nice wee, nice wee thing we did that I really enjoyed. I mean, Celtic Rangers have their conventions here in Las Vegas, which they have quite a lot every couple of years. You know, we, we hooked up with the Celtic convention a few times and we've played them at football, a wee friendly game, which they really enjoy. But the, the Rangers convention have always ignored us, so we just stopped trying to contact them. They do their own thing, you know. But um, I think they're scared in case I get beat with a wee Glasgow team. I know, but, I know. I don't think their egos could take it, to be honest. I, I, <laughs> Especially because, like, you know, you're a good outfit. I mean, like, how many titles have you won? I remember, I remember oh. reading. Uh, you, well, you, you have to remember that sometimes we've at least, like, for one team in the Sunday team, for instance, we might have two, two leagues in the one year. 
You know what I mean? Because it doesn't, it just stops and starts. So we always think let a league last a season or a year back home, but not here. So we can have two leagues in one year and two cup competitions. And the same for the Tuesday, just depending on many leagues are in it. So I reckon. I mean, it's hard to... I kept counting one time, but I've lost counting. I reckon we've won at least 70 trophies. Easy in the whole... Since 19, easy. Easily. And I've got like 30 or 40 in the house. Uh, the rest I gave to other players. And at one time, we were sponsored by one of the casinos. It was a pub chain called Tilted Kilt, kind of Scottish-themed pub. We used to sponsor us. Mm-hmm. And they let us display all our trophies in their pub. And it was a great, giant, fantastic display. This was 10 years ago. And then I get new management and they decided to get rid of us. And I went to pick up all my trophies to the pub and they were all gone. Just, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about 30, 40 trophies. All gone. And nobody knew nothing about it. I was so angry. It was nothing I could do. We'll need to get one of the trophies um, winged its way to Munns in the Woody or Fur Hill um, and to, to be displayed, I think, definitely at some point. Because I think that oh. would be, that would I'll be take, great. I'll, next time I come home, I'll bring them back. I'll bring a few back. Definitely, that'd, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, what 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 was your your favourite triumph? What's the one that sticks in your memory? Like your your favourite cup that you won? Any any specific games or whatever that? Well, there was one game, our second year, playing right, and I was playing at the time. We played this team called Tyneside United, which is a kind of boring name, but we didn't know at the time when we played this team, and they were very good, and we beat them two one. And uh, we were lucky to win the game, to be fair. They were very good. And at the end of the game, I was driving home, and John Kennedy, this boy from Drum Charlie, an older referee who runs all this, the, the leagues here in Las Vegas, where I used to, John called me and he says, I just heard you beat Tyneside 2 1. And I was like, Hi, John, we beat him 2 1. I said, We're a bit lucky, but you know, we played really good and beat him 2 1. He says to me, and He goes, That team have no lost a game in eight years. And I was like, Really? And I was so happy about that. And it turns out that Tyneside, since then, uh, I found out a bit about them, of course, you know, 10 years ago. Tyneside, they're run by this guy whose father owns one of the biggest housing companies in America. They're billionaires. They've got so much money. They're still going today, but they're playing a different league. And uh, the, we became big rivals with them. We never beat them again after that. But... Um, they, they, they held us in high respect, put it that way. We always gave them a decent game because they can get guys from anywhere. They bring guys in and pay them money and all that. We couldn't do it on that. But, it's the PSG Man City sort of thing of, you know, they just buy them. Yeah, so that, that, that game, afterwards we realised what we'd done, which was wonderful. And uh, but, uh, So that's the one game that sticks out, you know, the most. But there's been lots and lots of occasions that's been fun and stuff, you know. And, it's nice to win league titles and cups and stuff, you know. And most of the teams we play against are Hispanic, you know, Central American, South American themed. There's a few kind of like uh, American teams, not too many, not American boy. Everyone's all intermingled. Most teams will get lots of different nationalities and amongst them, like my team consists of, you know, English, Scottish, Irish, American, Mexican, Argentinian. And it's hard me as a, a manager sometimes to get them all thinking the same way, you got to keep it kind of simple, really, you know, and you know, and just let them know who's boss every now and again. You, Scott Jackson always helps when you're shouting and swearing, 
uh, it kind of has an effect, I think, you know, on most of them, you know. So, on a Sunday morning, at least, just so you know, I work at Saturday night, 8 o'clock till 4 a.m. in the morning. I got off about 4.15, 4.30am. I come home, it takes me 15 minutes to drive home, and then I go to my bed for one hour. I get up to go to the game for 8 o'clock, and I've been doing that for over 20 years. And it's hard work. You know, it's the Sunday, and uh, I go back to work Sunday night, 8 o'clock till 4 in the morning. I'm off the Monday to Tuesday, so the Tuesday's a little bit easier because I'm off that day. And then I'm back at work for the next five days, so... Have you found it harder to keep like keep on top of all the goings on, like in terms of with the club and things or that, and like you know, and keeping everything going? It's obviously hard work. Like, what what's the most demanding thing? What's the thing that you you kind of wish if he could press a button and get rid of that you would just that you would happily get rid of? Well, there's a couple of things. The first thing is finance for me. I mean, we don't have any sponsors. If we the sponsors we've had in the past are too demanding. They want us to go to pubs and drink all the time. It's not like back home, everyone's got different shifts here and stuff like that. So mm. it's very difficult. So right now, we we've not had any sponsors for years. So all the, all the league fees and everything, I just collect from the players and pass it on that way. But we're still in dire straits. I mean, the, the, our, our running total with all the, the two teams together, I'm owed about $4,000 right now myself. But that's been running... For the last 20, you look at it in 25 years, it's not too bad, you know, because I buy all the equipment and stuff like that. And we get through socks and balls, blues balls all the time and stuff, you know. So, and the thistle kit we wear, about 10 years ago, Greaves had a thistle kit and they were selling it for a tenner. And uh, I said to him, there was one with the, the red and yellow hoof. I said, how many you got? He said, we've got 121. I said, I'll take them all. I bought the whole lot. <laughs> So we're still we're still kind of using that, but since then I've also managed to get a company that's replicated it kind of cheap. So we use that as well to use when you have to replenish. But I mean, see if I could get thistle kit from back home, dirt cheap, I would jump all over it, you know. But I can never get it. Um, yeah, well, no, absolutely. Um, we know we know people from Greaves who are in the greaves that, that listen to this so we'll, we'll put we'll put the word out but um i, I know i'm only only count the pennies in the drawers of draw war chest and see what they can do for the sponsorship as well but um i can imagine like that sort of thing that all the the stupid admin stuff is the sort of thing that because i mean it must be you mentioned you know you work till four o'clock at night and then get up and go to play football what make, makes you keep doing it what's What's the big thing that you that you like about it that makes you want to keep doing the Vegas team? There's, for the most part, I know we've got a hard core of maybe 500 to 800 Thistle fans back home that that look at our results every week and get angry or upset or or, or happy because of what we what I'm doing here. So that makes me feel good because I'm thinking if I was back home as a guy doing what I was doing here, I'd be quite excited about it. So that that's the main thing for me is 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 that little aspect. And I've always ran football teams, you know, so this is what I've always done, you know, so I just keep doing it. Keeps me at the pub. So there's that. And, there's, you know, it's good fun, you know, you get to meet people from all over the world. And right now, I, I, I wasn't supposed to... We're keeping this a secret, but I might as well tell you that, you know, Martin Comstone, he's been playing with us regularly. Mm-hmm. But Martin's in Scotland right now filming, so he's not back till November. And he's a good asset to have. He's a good player, but he didn't want us to. He didn't want people to know back home for a while 
because of the, the, the nonsense that happened during the summer when he, you know, because he's, he's a Celtic stroke Morton fan. But he's a real nice guy. He's a great player and uh, great admiration for him. And uh, hopefully he'll be back with us again in November, December. But he himself has told people back home that he's played for us. So, so it's okay to mention it to you. So. Well, yeah, because I was going to say, I've definitely heard that from someone. Um, mm. Before, so like, and obviously, I, I've never, I've never spoken to you before. What yesterday, a messenger? Yeah. So, um, and you've never mentioned it as, as well. So, like, I don't know how, but I, for some reason, I knew that. But no, it must have been that he's mentioned it. But it's um, because like, he played for Hamilton, didn't he? He played for Hamilton I, and or Morton. But um, I think he was at Morton Dundee. I think as well. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but he played games <coughs> before he became an actor. He wasn't like a yeah. sort of. That part player, yeah, he did play. Yeah, oh, Martin's a good player. And the thing is, when he was playing, I've got another Martin from Scotland that played two and play centre midfield. And we do run in subs here in Las Vegas, which is great. You can bring somebody off, get a rest, but somebody, you know, and there's been a few occasions where the two of them, have been, the two Martins have been playing. Martin, come off. And the two of them are coming off. And I'm like, no, no, you. Martin, Martin, the actor, stay on. Martin Finverness. You come off, you know that kind of thing. So we got that problem with the same names. But um, Martin's a, a great asset and uh, he enjoys playing with us, so he'll be back, you know. I'm looking forward to it. Have you, have you had any other notable people play or have you met other, any other, like, sort of, had any other, like, sort of notable Thistle fans, you know, people that, People might know back in Glasgow. Do you, do you ever get Thistle fans like message you asking for a game or anything like that? All the time, all the time. I've done it at least fifteen twenty times since I've been here, <laughs> and it's great. I really enjoy it. I'll pick them up at their hotel. I'll take them to the game, and if they want to play, I'll stick them on as a ringer, and uh, they love every minute of it. But there was one time going back about fifteen years ago, I got a phone call from a woman, and she was in Canada. And she says, is this uh, Billy Smith from Paddy Thistle, Las Vegas? I was like, yes, Billy. She goes, hi, I live in Vancouver or I can't, Toronto, I can't remember. She goes, uh, my husband's a, a big Thistle fan. He's from Glasgow and we're coming to Las Vegas for a week. And I want to surprise him and bring him to the game. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that'll be great. I says, yeah, he, he'll like it, you know. And she goes, how much are the tickets? And I'm like, oh, dear. I'm like, I said to her. I goes, well, we're not, I had to bring her down, you know, I said, well, I said, we're not exactly like the real team in Scotland, we're like a satellite team, we're su- supporters, if you will. I says, we wear party this old kit, we're called party this old, I goes, but, but I said, you don't pay to come to our games. I said, you just come and watch. And she's like, okay. And then she says, uh, is it possible that half time you could announce my husband's birthday over the tannoy system? I'm like, Again, we don't have that capability, I said. And I'm like, what's she thinking? So I had to keep bringing her down, but it did come eventually. And Kenny was her husband, he's a big boy from Mary Hill. And he loved every minute of it. And I always remember it was summertime and he wore that thistle scarf in the raging heat. He never took it off. And <laughs> so Kenny came and I've been in touch with Kenny ever since. But a lot of thistle boys came out and we try to get uh, Dougie Stewart. He's been out here many times. Doogie, Doogie's not doing too well at the moment. He's in the mm. hospice in Dumbarton. He's going the wrong direction, unfortunately. But Doogie's a great pal. I mean, Doogie was out here every year. He's came and watched us many, many times. We Davy, uh, David Browning. Do you know him? Uh, I, I know the name. 
his, his son works at Fur Hills, the groundsman, I think. Um, right, yeah, yeah. Trevor, what's Trevor's last name again? Trevor. Hardcastle. Hardcastle. He's never been here, but he's a good pal of mine and all. Uh, I keep telling Trevor to come in. So you have a good time, but he keeps saying he's going to come, but he's not with it. Yeah, Trevor Hardcastle. Uh, I was going to say, if Trevor Hardcastle's turning up in Vegas, that's that's a worry for everybody involved. He was the one that uh, booked onto the Unlimited Booze cruise in Poland, I think, for the Tartan Army. Um, so I can only imagine him in Vegas. That would be, that'd be a good laugh. <laughs> I think my, my, one of my wife's best friends get married in Vegas, so I might end up as a marauding centre-back. Um, there you go. The, uh, <laughs> next year, but I'll need to get myself into shape for that. But um, how, old, terms, how old are you? I I'm 33, but I've got the knees of like a 53 year old. So um, ah, you know, right. I'm basically fine. Stuart Bannigan. But um, I so I will we'll be all right. But um, in terms of like your fistle players, who is your favourite fistle player? And do you find it harder to connect to like sort of modern day players, seeing as you don't? Go to games that much, or well, how do you keep how do you keep it alive? Do you have any rituals or anything that you do? I well, so on all the Thistle Facebook pages, I, I read all them and listen to what the fans are saying about the players and stuff like that. So that's how I find out. the The day or so after the game, there's always we highlights somewhere of the goals. So I get to see the goals. That's the only thing I get to see really, which is better than before. You know, before there was nothing. You know, I just saw the results and stuff, you know, and, and read the reports in the paper, if, if I could get access to that. So that, that's that's how I keep up to date. But my favourite Thistle player, because, uh, you, know, you know, in the, the 70s now, I went to watch, you know, Ruffy, I always stood behind Ruffy's goal at Fur Hill, stopping idiots throwing balls at him and all that. And that was one of my main jobs when I was a kid, I think. But Alan Ruff was probably one of my favourite players. But on the field... Jim Melrose and Dougie Sumner, you know, the springy minds. It's just when you're a kid who you like the best, you know what I mean? Davy McKinnon, defender, but he was a solid right back and he used to run up the wings because brilliant. You know, so these are the guys that I remember. My favourite ever Thistle game was the Scottish Cup semi-final at Hamden against Aberdeen. 78, I think. We could beat 4-2, but that was a great Aberdeen team and it was just a brilliant game. You know, even though we get beat, it was just, and there's so many Thistle fans at that game, 25,000 easy. And it was just, and I was a wee boy at the time, it was brilliant. It was just fantastic, you know. Sergeyson was managing, Gordon Strachan was playing from. I actually met Gordon Strachan a few years ago at Glasgow Airport, he was a Scotland manager. Uh, I got my picture taken with him. He was really nice, and, and uh, as I'm getting my picture taken with him, I says to him, I said, I'm still angry at you. He went, what for? I goes, I rhymed it half, I went, 1978 Scottish Cup semi-final v Aberdeen we beat his 4-2 and he went he goes I can't even remember that I goes well, I remember it I said I'm still pissed off about it <laughs> <laughs> but God he's alright good that you brought up the, the semi-final at Hamden is there a game that like if there was a Scottish Cup final would, would <laughs> you would you abandon the plans and, and come over like is there anything that, that's going to oh, obviously yeah. it's, it's a difficult listen of course and let me tell you, a few years ago, we played Hearts in the Scottish Cup at Fir Hall, quarter-final game, right? Yes. And I told, uh, you know, I work in a casino, I'm a croupier, or as a, a, we call it a dealer here, I know it doesn't sound good. But, and I told aye, one aye, of them... Mary Hill dealer is a whole different thing, but I. Aye. So I told one of the backup casino managers, 
he's from England. He's a Luton Town fan. He's a good pal of mine, Eddie. And I said to Eddie, I goes, this game's been played on a Tuesday night. My day's off for a Monday, Tuesday. I says, Eddie, if I can get get the Wednesday off, you're reading the, both the Wednesday and the Thursday. I said, I could fly home and go to this game. I goes, can you speak to the casino manager? Because he's really, they were good pals. I said, speak to him, see if I can get any two days off. So they holidays left at the time. So he came back a few hours later. He goes, I got it off of you. I went, oh, brilliant. I said, I'm going to book a flight in the hang and him for the Hearts game. And um, I goes, would you tell the casino manager? And he goes, I told him you're playing in the Scottish Cup final and you've never won it and never been in it since 1920. And I goes, well, that's not entirely true. I goes, what if he looks it up? He went, you won't fucking look it up. Don't worry, you go to where you go. So I came home. So I came home for the Thistle Hearts game. And I try to keep it, I try to keep it a secret from my mates and everybody, so I can just go to the game and come back. And it never happened. Everybody found out. Everybody knew. But I was standing at Firhill that Tuesday night, watching the game, and what really hurt me was at half time, the Tannoy guy, the announcer at Firhill, says, "Okay, everybody, a big warm welcome for Joe Montgomery, who's came all the way from Blackpool today to watch this." So, and I'm standing there going, <laughs> "Really, really? What about me? What about me?" You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would that was, stick in your craw, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know. So that, that game was a draw, and uh, I had to come back, and we lost it to Castle on the Saturday. But so yeah, if we make a semi final, I'll be him. I'll, I'll work it. I'll get it there somehow. Um, uh, you, you've got a you've got a, a grand a, a grandparent in, in reserve that you can just break out the break the emergency glass and say, oh, they're 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 not doing too well. Some. Well, we got a different <laughs> casino manager now, so I can still work the old one on them. You know what I mean? Uh, there you go. And do, do you follow a team in the US at all? Like, do you do you watch much of football in, in America or anything like that? Do you have do you have a team there? What's your big well, team the, in the MLS? And in, in the US, uh, I don't really have a team, but you know, the San Jose Clash or the Earthquakes as they're called again. If you made me choose, it'd be them because I've been to watch them a few times. I lived in Lake Tahoe, drove down a few times. Uh, mm-hmm. A four-hour drive, so that'd be my US team if you if you make me choose one. You know what I mean? I love but the I fact that it's like your local team that you've been to see a couple of times is further away than Dingwall is, if maybe how, but that's Aye, it. That's right. <laughs> sure, it's a magnitude, doesn't it? Well, now, now I'm closer to Los Angeles than than San Jose, but but when I was in Lake Tahoe, I was closest to to San Jose there, which is still four-hour drive for now, but still. There you go. So the earthquakes would be my US team if you made me choose. If you had to pick a Thistle player to play for Thistle Vegas for you for one game, who are you picking? Tomorrow you get to pick anyone. Still going. Who would you well, pick? I can already tell you I've already had a Thistle player playing for me. Uh, oh, who? Mustafa Dumbaya. He played, he came out, he stayed <laughs> me for a few days. Uh, he, he was coming out with some mates and all his mates back to it in the last minute and he, I, I picked him up at the airport. I said, just stay with me. So he stayed with me for a few days. And uh, he played one Sunday morning. It was during the close season. And uh, he played. Of course, he was brilliant. He wasn't even trying. And what happened was, it was a few weeks before the start of the new season. He went, And he went back to, uh, to Glasgow. And he injured during training. But people had heard he was playing for us. And I got a lot of comments about, oh, he was playing for that team in Las Vegas and get injured. No, he never got injured with us, just to put the record straight. He got injured back home. Uh, but most of most of our players. Um but if you made me pick a player to play, it would be Brian Graham up front. 
he would excel in Sunday League. You'd hate to play against him, but I think so, he would be something so, else. So the invites out there, actually the invites out there for any Thistle player that comes here on holiday is mandatory now. You come here on holiday, you come and play for us. <laughs> Absolutely. No, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I said I'm, I'm possibly going for a wedding next year and I'll probably end up lacing up the boots, so it'll be fine. On the flip side, if you had to pick a Thistle Vegas player to play for Thistle, who, you can't pick Mustafa Dunbaya and you can't pick yourself. Uh, they're they're going to play with you for Thistle. Who are you picking? Who's your Who's the guy that you, right. would, you would have up uh, for Hill for this? As a, he's a player midfielder. His name's Cisco Martinez. He's American boy. That'd be a kind of Mexican name. He's a midfielder. He plays a bit like Chick Charney. He's the one I think could hold his own back home if he had a chance. He did play college here. Playing college in America is like, you know, is the equivalent to no junior football, maybe a bit below that, you know what I mean? So he did his... like a good amateur team, like sort aye, of, aye. aye, like your sort of ruse, sort of level, <coughs> aye, yeah, those sort of teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. good amateur team. Um, so Cisco is the one that springs to mind. Um, but there's a few guys in my team I think would would be okay back home. They would play all right, hold their own, and do okay. So Cisco is the one. When we play in 115 degree heat or 110 degree heat, we play usually we play on a Sunday morning on these. Um, Astro pitches, astro turf pitches, and something that you would never know back home that affects us here because of that is the pitch is so hot, it actually burns your feet. So besides the heat, playing in the heat, if you stand still for more than like 10 seconds, the heat from the pitch comes through your boots and burns your feet. So you have to keep moving all the time. It's, a, it's an unusual situation to be in, you know what I mean? When I played here and for my players, you know, you know, so it's kind of a weird thing that happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. So and it's no, so you can't be static. You just have to be constantly on the move. It must be an interesting way of playing football. Like, you know, it must be an interesting game to watch because you yeah. kind of have to stay literally on your toes all the yeah. time. If you could live anywhere else in the world, where would you live? Copenhagen. Really interesting. Uh, any particular reason why? Well, it was the first Denmark was the first country I ever visited when I was a wee boy. When I was uh, eleven, I went there with the BB, and uh, I've been back twice for the BB when I was a kid. And I've been back there many, many times since. And I just love Denmark. It's one of my favourite places. Oh, we'll probably ask this because I mean you've been living in the US for twenty-five years. Um, how many bites does it take you to eat a cream egg? I don't like them, but ask me about Kit Kats. It's a different matter. I'm well, we'll take addict. your Kit Kat answer then. Well, I must tell you that I invented the Chunky Kit Kat. Because <laughs> before the Chunky Kit Kat was out, I used to get the four-legged Kit Kat, double it over, and eat it like a Chunky. So I made claim of inventing it. And uh, I'm a big addict of Kit Kats, unfortunately. It's not good for you, but I love them to death. And if ever you come out here next year, make sure you bring me a box of Chunky Kit Kats. Oh, no never- doubt. You never kick a ball for Partick Thistle Las Vegas because they, they have they have Kit Kats in America, but they're crap. They're totally different. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big chocolate man myself, but my wife does like it. I guess she hates American chocolate. She thinks it's all she's quite on. garbage. She's a connoisseur. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so no, I totally get that. Um, 
And um, did you have a pub that you went to in Maryhill when you went to Thistle Games? Oh, I mean, it'll probably not be there. But what's your favourite pub to go to like when you're over or when you were going before? The Starring Garter for a while, when it was a Thistle pub, I think it any money, was still there. But recently I've been going to Munns. I like Munns because I get Thistle stuff in the war. So any, any pub that does that, I'm up for it. You know what I mean? Any pub that supports us, I'll support them. I suppose if you live in Vegas with all the glitz and glamour of Vegas on a daily basis, Munns really is the antidote to bring you back down to earth, isn't it? It's like the anti-Vegas. It's like there's absolutely no sheen to you it know whatsoever. What? I love it. I it's love great. It. Munns um, the boozers. Go there. <laughs> Munns the boozers. That, that's what it should be called. Munns the boozers. You know, like Greg's the bakers. <laughs> Munns the boozers. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Maybe maybe we can wangle a month's uh, sponsorship deal for you for the away shot. Um, that would that would that would be the dream. Um, that would that'd be tremendous. Actually, on our shirts, I don't know if you've ever seen any of our shirts, but I always put on the back of our shirts when we get reprinted. The only Glasgow team in Las Vegas because anything to get up Rangers Celtic is nice, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. All our shirts have that in the back. Actually, I want everybody to know the Thistle fans back home since I've been doing this. I wash the kit every week. Used to be for four teams, used to be for three teams, used to be for two teams. But I actually did a calculation the other day. And since 1999, I have washed over 90,000 Thistle shots. Um, wow. Which, when I did it, I had to sit back for five minutes and take a deep breath. Um, so I think I have the world record, unless there's a wee woman at Fur Hill who's been washing the Thistle kit longer than me, who could maybe beat that. But I don't know. <laughs> I would absolutely love to have the Thistle kit lady kit man on um, to ask like what washing powder they use and do they do it in a boil wash or do they do it on a low oh, no. heat or use hot wash, use gain soap powder and just dry them for ten minutes in the dryer. All ready to go. There you go with that. It's good to know. Um, hopefully the, the the beaks upstairs at Far Hill are listening and they can get that sorted for the. <laughs> This team next week. Oh, and I meant to say, because you mentioned you're a croupier. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Do, what, what's it like being a croupier in Vegas? And do you have any daft croupier Vegas stories? Oh, yes. Loads. Loads. Uh, I work in Paris casinos right in the strip. When I actually went for the job interview in 1999, 1998, whatever it was, and uh, I'd been at the World Cup in France just before it, and the guy at the interview said to me, have you ever been to France? I was like, yeah, many times. He goes, what about Paris? I goes, yeah. I said, it's an actual fact. I've been in the Bastille there. And he thought it was funny, and I got the job. But the truth is, I was in the Bastille. I get to jail twice in Paris for being drunk and disorderly. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. But actually, dealing cards, uh, I deal with people with a lot of money, and uh, it can be a pain in the ass sometimes. A lot of times it's kind of, you know, it's okay. But the biggest player I ever had was a guy betting $876,000 every time for two hours. And uh, when I hit his number in roulette, I was getting like $6 million, $7 million. And you think, you know, these people, you know, it's like, where did their wealth come? What did they do? No, actually, they told me this guy was the guy uh, that invented, you know, the wee lights at the back of the, the Wayne's trainers that the flash, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, is, this is what the, the casino told me. I don't know if this is true. They said that he's the guy that invented that 
you thought it up and he owns all the factories in China that makes them. And and every time I see a kid or a Wayne with these flashing shoes, I think of that guy and I'm like, you, no idea. Kind <laughs> 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 of weird. Uh, you know something, I'll never be able to not think about it. Um, now, yeah. every time I see a Wayne with those flashing trainers, I'll be like, do you yeah. know, Anwar Kripi in Vegas, who, a guy who had played because of that. <laughs> I know, Way didn't even get any flashing trainers out of it. Um, no, no, they, would be, they would be a tie-in if he could get like, yeah. flashy boots. Um, yeah. That would be fantastic. Um, would have been good for the guys in the Amazon. Um, <laughs> getting them all shoes. Yeah, yeah, I know. Send them some stuff. <laughs> I know. As there's some lads in the Amazon that I think would quite appreciate this. But thanks again, yeah. Billy, for doing this. It's been a great interview. I've really enjoyed yeah. it. Um, and um, good luck to the Festival Vegas team. And hopefully speak to you soon. And we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye out and give you a shout out. Um, Brilliant. So, um, in the future pod. But um, nice. Cheers. Oh, David, before you go, oh. just anybody that comes out to Las Vegas, any Thistle fans or anybody you know, just let me know. I'll, I'll do what I can here to make their holiday a wee bit better. Thanks again, and um, yeah, um, hopefully speak to you soon. I'll always remember that I had a swing in time. I'm gonna give it everything I've got. Lady luck, please let the dice stay hot. Let me shoot a seven with every shot. Viva Las Vegas!